Animade, the anime watch-along podcast with the hosts of Get Played. I'm self-proclaimed team betrayer, Heather Ann Campbell. I'm self-proclaimed one-time kill counter, Nick Weiger. And I'm self-proclaimed big, creepy smiles, Matt Avadaka. <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hello, everyone. And welcome back to the premiere anime podcast where we're talking about Blue Lock. On its surface, a soccer anime, but beyond that, it's just fighting. <laughs> I tell oh, you, them, yeah. them big, them scary twins with the big creepy smiles. Are we covering Junji Ito again? Uh oh, it's they're scary and weird. Yeah, they're yeah, freaks. And because look, I'm just gonna say this as a, mm. as I don't know if I've you guys probably know this. I've said this to you guys before. Yeah. As as a twin myself, yes, twins. Biggest freaks on earth. <laughs> identical twins. Sorry if you're listening to this. If you're an identical twin, if you're an identical twin, you're probably listening to this. Right next to your identical twin, you're the big, you're the bigger freaks of the two types of twins. <laughs> right. You're fraternal, I, right, Matt? Yeah, fraternal. Yes, that's right. Yeah. We're normal. Yes. I, I, <laughs> I disagree with everything Matt just said. This isn't a place for hatred. Uh, <laughs> I don't hate them. I just think they're big freaks. It's fine. Oh, I, I love twins. Oh, I <laughs> like oh, the twins. Wait, and the twins? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Every wait, dude's fantasy. Never the mind. twins. I forgot. I'm back on board, baby. <laughs> Again, I, I want to apologize for my co-host. <laughs> Piers, we swing We swing from, from hatred to fetishization, right? Within a single sentence, and isn't yeah. that how it is? Two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Uh, it, is the, it? Um, yeah. I th- if you mm, if you dig sure. deep enough for a lot of people, I I think guarantee so. you I it actually is. think I think it one hundred percent is. <laughs> yeah. That uh, Venn diagram's a circle. Can I? Can I, I, I? Just just to talk about twins real quick, and and I I lo- like there's a, a time. There's, a ph- there's a phenomenon in pro sports where there'll be like two there'll be like twins who are both in the same like league so like mm-hmm. when it happens in this episode i was like oh yeah that reminds me of like the morris twins in the nba or uh you know the uh, uh the lopez twins also in the nba you know there's been a bunch of examples the collins twins who i think are both retired now but it's it's like like anytime there's like a joint interview between them or something it's like you just hear fascinating insights like oh this is just a, a relationship that you can't quite understand if you're not a twin. Like my grandpa yeah. was a twin and he was so close with his brother. And it was like, he was just like devastated when his twin brother passed away. And it's Ugh. just like, it's, it's like this amazing, like, uh, like incredible, they were identical twins. This is like this incredible yeah, emotional bond. Cause you like, you know, share genetic material uh, yeah. uh, as, uh, and, but like the Morris twins in the NBA, they're like adults, like full grown adults, live in the same house and share bank accounts. Like it's just every aspect of that is like, that's, that's what a married couple does, but you're not that. Yeah, it's yeah. just, I, I don't know. I just find that dynamic fascinating. That is interesting. Cause, uh, yeah. In caught co- like my, we used to, well, when I was younger, when I was like mm-hmm. a little, little kid, I also yeah. have a younger brother that's two years younger. So we were basically triplets. Uh, when you're when you're that small, everybody yeah. is like pretty close in age. So my mom would just oh, buy man, the triplets. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Every he sort of salted our game because he was like he was the cutest one, the little one. <laughs> uh, when he came around, we were really mad. But um, my mom would just buy three of the same clothes. 
Oh wow! Like she's like, I'm not gonna really think about this too much. Like I'm just gonna, you know, you you need clothes. We're all gonna wear the same things. And so by the time we were like seven or eight, my twin and I we were like, hey, can we just wear different t-shirts? Doesn't have to be. You don't have to get new stuff. But if I want to wear this one on one day, he can yeah. wear the other one. Yeah. We don't have to dress the same. And so we started doing that. And Fair I think ask. from then on, we were just sort of like, I think we're just normal brothers. <laughs> we, don't <have> to, <laughs> we don't have to lean into this twin stuff. <laughs> we do hang out all the time. We have the same group of friends. Uh, but, you know. That's cool. That's about it. We don't have a bank account together. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a good idea, actually. He's, he's got a lot more money than me. I should ask him to do that. <laughs> Wait, but you're a podcaster. Oh, I don't understand. Yeah, I guess he's he's rich in experience, I guess, but not Got in it. money. Yeah. Is what is what I I, 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 I meant yes, to yeah. say. That. He doesn't have sponsorships. <laughs> um, we we have two episodes of Blue Lock to talk about today. To be reborn, and I'm sorry. I'm and sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's Gomen, really uh, the one of the few Japanese vocabulary words I know. I'm hey, sorry. Yeah, Nick, you're that's you're the, you're taking Japanese classes. I've been doing a little bit. I've been learning a little bit. You know, I've been been trying to pick things up, but um, still mostly in the in the. I knew I knew hiragana when I was in college, and I'm like relearning that, which is a little tedious for a a, a forty year old brain. And then, same thing with uh, with katakana. So I'm I'm still in the phase of. I feel like you need to just like learn the like really get those two writing systems in your, you know, get get the get lock get locked into those before you can really start making progress with vocabulary and grammar. You need to get blue locked into those. Am I Thank right, you. Nick? That's right. Nihongo hanajimasuka. Wow. <laughs> Very cool. Anyway, Wait, the what? <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> no, all I said is. Do you speak Japanese? Ah, oh, very cool. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's sick as hell. <laughs> Nihongo, the language. Nihonjin, the nation. Look at you go. Look yeah. at you go. Nihonjin yeah. is the people. You're, yes. You were close. Mm. Nihon, Nihon, Jin, Nihon, Jin Nihon is, is the language. Is the, <laughs> Nihon is the country. Nihonjin is the people. Is, the, is like the language suffix. So like yeah. ego is English. Yeah. Ega is film. Very, yeah. very tricky. Mm-hmm. Tricky types. Sounds easier than uh, English. <laughs> yeah, English. Think about all the, all the sh- sounds in English. Yeah. Anytime I've, because I, you know, I, I always feel like I've, I've struggled with languages, or at least I tell myself I've struggled with languages in the past. The, the ones I've learned or, or tried to learn are Spanish and Japanese. But then I'm like, wait, but I think I'm pretty good at English. Like I know how to do English, and English is the fucking stupidest language of all. It's yeah. got the most arbitrary rules, the most you know, one-off exceptions. It, 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 grammar is nonsense. Spelling is absolute, like just chaos. And so I feel like if I can do handle English, I can handle you know, I can handle something else. I will say that the thing that English has, I feel, mm-hmm. over Japanese, which Japanese felt pretty easy to learn, is the number system. Mm. Like one, two, there's different three. numbers yeah. to describe different things mm. in in Japanese. Oh, interesting. Which is deeply overwhelming for somebody who gets a panic attack in a math problem. Mm, got it. Yeah, it activates the same portion of my brain. 
Let's talk about what we've been weaving, huh? What do you think? Thank you. Thank you, Heather. Thank you for getting us on track. Yeah, no problem. So, you know, normally what we've been weaving, we were just What we've about... been weaving? It's oh, me. there we go. Ash I was waiting for that cue. Okay. Hi. Hi, Ash. Hey, hey, Nick Weiger. Have you heard the news? Um, I mean, there was a chemical disaster, a train that crashed. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, no. <laughs> is that true? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jesus. I mean, this is going to come out like It'll... in a month. Yeah, it'll and, be so. This will this will be a reminder of a doomsday event, or maybe we'll be living in the aftermath, and you know this this uh, toxic cloud is spread all over the continental U.S. I'm sorry, Ash. Go ahead. What what is that? What is the news? No, that I mean, now my news feels stupid. Well, I don't think it will. No, don't let 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 let's hear it, and we'll judge for ourselves. It's Pikachu's birthday. Wow, HBD Pikachu. <clears throat> I got him a little cupcake, a little hat. <laughs> oh, that's cute. You know, that reminds me, you could get a little of just the alternate costumes in Smash Brothers when I play Pikachu. You can get a little birthday hat on him. Smash Brothers is a real thing that happens. Oh, God. Wait, really? Yeah. That's a real, that's a, that's, those, what you're engaging in is documentary footage. I assumed it was like an imagined tournament, you know, because they have like the whole cinematic of like, Basically, toys are coming to life, you know, and and, yeah. and fighting. That's kind of the that that seems like the internal lore of Smash right, Brothers. But you, but you think those toys don't have hopes and dreams, jobs, families? I never really thought about it that way. They do. Wow. Smash Brothers is is one of the worst things that's ever happened in across the all of the IP. That and Space Jam. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I may agree with you on Space Jam. Yeah, uh, those, those are that's all nostalgia working in, in Space Jam's favor. Uh, Not actually good movies. Smash Brothers is also what I call identical twins. Ooh, the twins! <laughs> all right, what are, what have you been weeping? <laughs> Oh boy, Ash really did not like that. Sorry, uh, Ash. Sorry, Ash. I yeah. you know I I didn't know. Happy birthday to Pikachu! Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, Pikachu! Pikachu! He's hungover. Oh, oh. Oh, well. Yeah, no. I was just about to say, it's kind of cute that he has a birthday. I guess everything is, every creature is born. I just, you don't think about a Pokemon. You don't think about, like, when you see, like, a wild animal, that it it could be their birthday. birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's a good point. That that squirrel has a birthday. Yeah. The deer has a birthday. That's pretty cool. That's the magic of life. And I the magic life. of Pokemon and friendship. I what Pyacon's birthday is from Avatar the Way Oh, of Water. my God. Because also I... they bet they have a different calendar there. If the Navi even track the years in the same way. Who knows how they do it? It's probably however the, you know, the trees tell them to. Yeah. What? Oh. We've been weeping. We'll figure that out. So, okay. I like to just watch movies. And it's just like, a th- you know, I just like, I'll fucking put a movie huh. on. And if I don't have anything in particular that I'm going to watch. Since we've started doing this podcast, I'll just like look up a list of really like literally any list of like top anime and just pick something almost arbitrarily if I haven't seen it. And so I landed on a 1987 anime feature film called Wicked City, which I've seen turn up on a lot of these lists. Heather, have you seen Wicked City? Yeah, I've seen Wicked City. 
So I watched this film and I was like, this aesthetically totally reminds me of Ninja Scroll and looked it up. Same director. So that makes sense. Yoshiaki uh, Kawajiri. Uh, Ninja Scroll I had on DVD. Is Wicked City the one with the Spider Woman? Yes, this is the one I was gonna yes! say. Yes, yes. Oh, you like that? I love it. Oh, you you like the Spider Centaur lady who <laughs> shoots spider silk out of her vagina? Loved it. Yes, a lot of body horror stuff. So basically, the story is there is a there is a a parallel world to ours called the Black World, which is like the demon world, and then there's our world, which is which is our well, you know, a, a close to a simulacrum of our reality. Uh, there's a detective in our world who works for an agency, and he gets partnered up with a demon from the black world because there's like a big event coming up, and uh, you know, like basically like reestablishing a, a a tenuous peace treaty, and the two of them are given an escort mission essentially to take care of an old man who just is like a he's just like a real nasty old man. Uh, he's basically like a pervy Yoda. He's just like an old, like a like like Yoda in, in Empire Strikes Back. You know uh -huh. that port before he's revealed to be a Jedi Master, which everyone knows at this point. But if you're watching it for the for the first time, you're like this weird little this weird little toad creature is just bothering Luke Skywalker when he's looking for this great Jedi Jedi Master. Exact same arc with this guy. Spoiler alert! By the end, it's like oh, he's actually a great wizard. It's pretty pretty telegraphed. Anyway. This movie has a beautiful aesthetic. It's like it's like very that it's it's very eighties. It reminds me kind of like the do you remember those paintings that were big then of like it was uh, they were paintings of like a uh, it, it was it was a Western artist and they were like it, you know like 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 women with like sh like sharp features. Yeah, and, like in uh, hair salons. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it was. It's like it's like that, but <laughs> okay. anime. Yeah, it's got these live character designs, and then and then you know the palette is all these deep blues and lavenders. Feels very cyberpunky. Reminds me of Snatcher. I'm sure Snatcher probably since it, it this predates Snatcher, uh, drew some influence from it. Uh, it is hyper violent, and you know, like Ninja Scrolls, Ninja Scroll, and also like Ninja Scroll has some like really disturbing scenes of sexual violence that is depicted. That is just like you know, it's like uh, I I I found it upsetting. Um, and the horny old man character is the thing. He is off. He is genuinely annoying, which is part of like 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 not just like to the characters, but like to the viewer. I feel like he got a little bit grating. And then he'll just he's just doing things like it's very strange to have this movie where it's like got, got this very serious tone, uh, you know, with 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 vi with gritty violence and death and the stakes of the survival of humanity. And then you've got this horny old man. They're like putting into a a, a hotel room. He's like, hey, you want to watch some pornos with me? And I was like, oh, and then he sneaks out to like go to a bathhouse. And like there's like a long scene of him just getting like a table shower from like a a, a nude woman. Um, who turns out to be a demon. It's just like, a lot of this shit is just fucking nasty. Uh, anyway, all that said, I overall I overall really enjoyed this. And it, you know, for its time, it's like just like a really cool, uh, th th there's there's incredible craft to it. There's some really awesome frames um, and character animation, you know, like like the era when all this stuff was, do was being done, cell animated by hand. It just, it's just really, really well done. It's completely different from what Western animation was doing at the time. And it, it just reminded me that one of my favorite genres of anything is high concept detective story. You know, mm. Blade Runner or uh, Disco Elysium or uh, the, 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 the game that came out last year, the Monastery Detective game Pentiment. 
like anytime it's like, oh, we're in like a di- we're in like a heightened reality or we're in like a, you know, cyberpunky alternate world uh, historical time. And we oh. are we are <laughs> Heather has brought up the spider oh. woman. <laughs> Anyway, that 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 setup I think just like lends itself really cool to 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 world to organic world building as they investigate different aspects of this reality and that's presented to the viewer. So I cool movie. Glad I, I completely watched it. agree. It feels like Snatcher. Feels like I mean, like there's so many so Snatcher, many yes. hit entries into that genre. Just like true, true. I love it, and it's a yeah. really insightful comment, Nick. Well, yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Well, the the leeway it gives you to just sort of like, okay, let's go over here. Oh, let's go over here. And it all feels organic and earned and we can explore all these different corners. So, yeah, the spider woman, she she starts off as like a regular woman and she seduces the lead character and uh, has a pretty graphic sex scene with him. And during the sex scene... Turns into like grows long spider limbs and then uh, like has a near fatal encounter with him and then they they fight again later on. Um, it's nasty shit. There's it's also a, like the yeah. It's a on. really good. You should Google it and use it as a wallpaper. Excellent <laughs> wallpaper. <laughs> um, Wicked City's my pick again. Just like just be very mindful of of content warning if you're sensitive to that sort of stuff because some of this is just like it's. There's some grisly shit in here. Oh yeah, um, it's it is not a good time, but it is a great time. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's uh that that's what I was weaving. I'll tell you what uh, I've been weaving. Go for it, Heather. I finished Gundam Unicorn. Wow. Yeah. Uh, which means that I am continuing on my Universal Century journey with. There's a three minute Gundam short because I'm watching all the canon, which I think is called Gundam Axis Twilight Axis. Very very small. Uh, and then I'm on to Gundam Narrative, the one and a half hour film, which takes place after the events of Gundam Unicorn. Guys, the conclusion of Gundam Unicorn was fucking great. Wow. It ruled. I immediately, just exactly what they want me to do, I immediately Googled Gundam model kits for the final battle. Mm. Um, And the... To summarize what has happened up through now, uh, hey, this is fun. I haven't done this on the show. I'll try and summarize Gundam as quickly as possible. <laughs> Perfect. Um, once upon a time, Earth was ruined, just polluted. And so a lot of people moved into space. They moved into these like different uh, space colonies called sides. Uh, and once they had established civilization in these colonies, uh, the people in space, now called space noids, humanoids, space noids, humanoids, sure. space noids, space noids were like, we want our own independence. Uh, we want to create the principality of Xeon. Right. Uh, and to ruin this, space pizza. This guy, what? Space noids. Want to ruin space pizza. Sorry, go on, continue, please. Heather, I hate to. He's right, though. <laughs> It's, I feel like you could track my enthusiasm and the cliff I fell off. Like, I was so excited to, to reveal just some basic plot elements of Gundam. And then I was like, like the aforementioned train derailment. 
became a uh, like watched as as my my enthusiasm became a national catastrophe. I didn't mean, I didn't mean to get you off track. Sorry. No, he is right, fine. but yeah, no. Totally. Are humanoids worth noting? Noids. Hmm. Um. I like, mean, that's a question for noid, you. I'll steal noid a pizza. A, a human or a space noid that has been deprived of a home. So he is, he is just noid. Is that what it is? He's tragic. Is that why he's so enraged? Yeah, it could be. He's he the only has, one. He has no people. He has no no home. Humanoid, space noid, noid. That is depressing when you put it that way. Well, he's like an ET. Yeah. Speaking of ETs, we've shot down a bunch lately. Okay, so the news uh, is crazy. <laughs> crazy news. It's weird this episode's coming out so late. So, uh, they try and establish a, a, a space uh, civilization. The Earth Federation says, "No, you're not going to fucking do that. Pay us, pay us money." A huge war breaks out. It's really, really grim. Uh, millions and millions of people die. And then, and the and the main villain is this guy Char, uh, who's got the helmet that I wear sometimes on Zoom. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, I, I guess I don't want to spoil. Now I have to spoil stuff. Okay, well that's as far as I'm gonna go. Because <laughs> I can't, I can't you can do say, some minor spoilies, right? I don't know. Like, what I mean, if people want to watch Gundam? If I'd heard this on a on a show, I would have been like, oh really? Like I'd have been bummed out to hear all these things I was about to say. So never mind. Got it. Okay. Um, this is the series has been going since 1979. It started animating in 1977, I think. Old series with a single continuity, and this is. It also takes place in the year 0078, which is the universal the 78th year of the new calendar, which coincides with 1978 79 on in real time so Mm. you can get like a sense of where events are happening and the events of gundam unicorn take place in 0096 so effectively 1996 in space years uh 20 years after the events of the first gundam show which is Mm. cool it's cool that they have the the years in the titles yeah that's awesome i I fucking like that it's like that's cool if if star wars was like bby 33. Right. You know? Which I believe. It's like BB 8. What you're. He's right. When you said 1977, 1979, I immediately thought of Star Wars. And you're right. That's a good point of comparison. And it also sounds similarly daunting to like, if you've never seen any Star Wars. Yeah. You might be like, well, where do I begin? (laughs) Significantly more daunting because some of these series are like. 70 episodes long. Right, sure. But so it's I'm not like watching way... two trilogies or three yeah. trilogies or whatever to get a baseline. I'm uh, I'm making my way through it. And uh, the finale was deeply satisfying. Mm-hmm. Excellent battles. Excellent wow. mech design. Uh, I, uh, I'm contemplating building the final Gundam front or the final enemy ship, which is called the Neo Zeong. Z-E-O-N-G. Cool. And when it's, it's because of the scale of the robot in the show, 
the it, it's based off of the the small Gundam scale, which is like this little guy, right? So I'm I'm holding my hand up, action figure size, mm-hmm. right? Small little robots, right? They put that small robot into a giant robot. So for it to be the right, the correct scale for those action figures, it is two, almost two and a half feet large when finished. That's a big boy. There's photos of it next to a child and it it's bigger than the child. Wow. So I'm thinking about building it. That's what I've been weaving. Matt Apodaca, what have you been weaving? I, you know, I've been weaving, it's been a light weeb week. For me, mm. uh, the new issue of Chainsaw Man came out, so I, I, I'm reading that, and that's almost kind of it. I I I stopped. I didn't stop on purpose, but I just haven't had time to uh, get back into Spy Family, which I was really enjoying before this. Hell yeah. Um, but I'm I'm looking. I guess I'm also like, I I need I I I'm in a spot right now, not just with uh anime and, and manga but every sort of media i consume i'm in a i'm in a, like a, a media rut right now mm. where i'm sort of like just bouncing between a lot of different things and just sure. being like yeah i'm gonna just try this a little bit oh i'm gonna sh- try this a little bit it's not that i'm not enjoying everything that i'm trying it's that i'm just having a hard time sticking with one thing at a time uh which is you know my which is my want <laughs> which is how mm-hmm. how i operate um but hopefully i'll be sinking my teeth into i want to i just got to get back into jujutsu kaisen and um and dragon ball z kai cuz those are the ones that i have just ready to go uh for me and i i really just need to just lock in and and, and get to the bottom of this but i i don't think i shared this in the show this is weeks old now mm mm-hmm. But f- for this upcoming, I'm I'm recording a a thing for, um, for work, uh, over at Earwolf, uh, for this channel that we have called Earwolf Presents. I'm recording this thing with our pal Jacob Waisaki that nobody knows about yet, and uh, that's all I'll say about it. But for one of these mm. things that we did, we went to Anime Impulse, which is like an anime convention. Um in at the pomona fairplex that's where it was uh when we went and i'd never been to an anime uh event and it was a blast it was so cool lots of people dressed up we talked to a lot of people um the vibes were immaculate everybody was so positive and just wanting to like have a good time and make sure everybody was having a good time uh so like that was really great the one bad thing about it Mm-hmm. was that it was raining harder than it's ever rained. So like oh, some boy. of this stuff was outside and it was yeah. like at the Fairplex, which if you haven't been is huge. So there's all these halls and there are a bunch of different events in each hall. Uh, so you'd go between hall, you know, four and hall five and it's like a two minute walk. <laughs> so you're in the rain. So you're just getting soaked. So that was a, that was a big bummer, but it didn't crush anyone's spirit at all. Everybody was having a fucking blast. Um, and hopefully by the time this is out, I'll have more information about that to share. Um, but it's it was a lot of fun, and I can't wait to go to a future event. Wow. Yeah. I wore That's my great. I wore my uh 
my Asuka t-shirt uh, and didn't get as many compliments as I thought, but that's okay. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's probably, that's one of those things where it's, it's, you're probably competing with someone who's just dressed as Asuka. There were a lot of so, people dressed as Asuka and yeah. a, a lot of, I will say a lot of representation for Chainsaw Man. There were oh, a sure. lot of people dressed as Denji or Power and even some Makimas. Wow. Wow. You snapped any photos of any Jimenos, uh, send them my way. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Blue Lock, episode five, To Be Reborn. Heather, you talked about this being like, it's like a show about fighting, and I think that's reflected in the titles of these episodes. It's just like, what I'm really enjoying about this series is, and I'm only up through what we're covering on the podcast. I haven't watched further than episode six. But what I'm really enjoying about it is just how high the stakes are. Like, everything really feels like it's played like life and death combat. Yeah. And I think that's definitely reflected in these two episodes. The, it, so, yeah, it, yeah. it, it does. Uh, these two episodes in particular, I hadn't really thought about it. But when Heather said that, I was like, this is fighting. Yes. And then hearing that, I'm sort of like, are all sports fighting? And to to an extent, yes, but you know some of them are because all sports involve contact. They're all abstractions of of physical combat. Yeah, they're all abstractions of of war or you know one on one feats of strength. They're all ways to make it to make basically. I believe that 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 you know the origins are in ways to settle a dispute or assert dominance that don't involve killing, right? Yes. Or mutilation. And yeah. so it's like it's it's just that, that yeah, that is very much like the same and and it feels like life or death if you're you know you you two aren't aren't sportos like I am, but like I have a team I root for. It's just like it like they like I root for the Los Angeles Lakers, I root for them my entire life. I grew up here and when they lose, like they lost last night, I'm fucking. It just like ruins my day. I'm just like pissed off. It's like this fucking sucks. Um, wow. And uh, and so you just have you have those feelings, and it's even even more heightened if you are not just rooting for a team, but a member of it, obviously. Uh, and uh, that's very much what's going on here. So you know, Team Zed has been kind of like drafted from all the misfits, everyone with the low ranks. Uh, we are picking up with the episode that was that finished. Uh, the you know there the was uh, the, our cliffhanger of last episode was this match between Team Z and Team X. Um, Isagi, our protagonist, is uh, has identified that bastard with bangs, yes. Nico, as the secret weapon of the team. And so basically, what they're do what he says is like, okay, he's figured it out. He's like, let's just attack aggressively because they have basically one good striker. And all we're gonna do, we just we just go like kind of fucking bring everyone into their side of the field, and uh, we try to just like get the winning goal. Uh, but instead, they've got a coordinate. Team X has a coordinated counterattack that involves Okawa soon, Okawa Kun, uh, picking up uh, the ball from his own side and going on a solo run, and then everyone else joining that counterattack. So they go all the way to the other side. And it looks like they're about to uh, take over this game. And Isagi's just like, fuck, they tricked us. We overcommitted, and that's what they wanted. It's this fucking, this fucking Nico guy who knew what he was doing. I love, 
I love the um <clears throat> I love the stakes of this. Yes. Like you you forget that they're playing for so- they're playing soccer. It feels like uh, like they're you're living they're living a nightmare. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean that's the thing it's it, as much as this is this is the format of like a battle royale like genre piece. This is the four it's it's like, you know, the, everyone is going to die in a, essentially. It's the Hunger Games. And so and it's played that same way and it makes sense because you're like, "Oh, everyone here dreams of being a member of the national team and if they lose, there that's it. That dream is de- that dream is dead." Anyway, uh so Isagi is basically like, "Well, fuck." Uh I've like he's identified what's going on, and even though they, they got the better at him, the better of him, he's like he know he can smell goals. That's kind of his his ability, yeah, uh, which I love. And he finds out he's he anticipates where the ball is going, he intercepts it, um, and recognizes that Okawa was the one who was going to strike it, not Nico. Uh, and then they basically uh end up going the other direction. Uh, and then Isagi ultimately scores, and they win by one goal. And this is where shit really gets high stakes, or at least you really feel the gravity of it. Because everyone on the other team that loses, Team X, they've just kind of re- recognized that by losing 2-1, they're out. That's it. Mm-hmm. And, and Isagi, uh, who we're rooting for, sees them all crying, and he's like, I cr- like I crushed their dreams. He sees Nico's eyes that have been covered by bangs the whole time, and they are the same as his eyes, and they're filled with tears. He's like, I, I, I just like this is what I crushed all of their dreams, like, and I like it. Yeah, <laughs> it feels good. I was pumping my fist at yeah at the television when this happened. I was like, fuck yes, I yeah! love it. It was so good. It is really cool, and it's not. It's like it's it's one of those. There, you know, there's so much like anti-hero is so overplayed, but this is like a new. It's kind of like a, a like a. It feels like a novel take on it because it's not just like he's this dark brooding guy. He's yeah. like this earnest, like you know, likable, affable guy. Yeah, but he has. If you really parse his psychology, he's like, oh wait, he's maybe a fucking like sociopath like he's maybe like at like he's because he just clearly is is so self-interested and you know feels joy in other people failing so he can succeed i mean i guess that's probably just all part of the aspect of anyone who's part a, a, a key aspect of the personality of anyone who's hyper competitive um but it is i i, I do i do really love that moment in the uh, the episode well yeah i mean if you play a basketball game against your friends and you win you don't feel bad. No, but sports is the gateway to to s- being a psychopath. But there is the like he does drill down the specific aspect of it's not just that I'm winning and I'm advancing. Hey, good game. You guys fought hard out there. It's like I'm winning and because of the way this is structured, they are done. Like that's it for them. They are failing. And and you know, Ego, the the mastermind behind this, is giving his menacing smile while this is happening. And he's and and 
Isagi is like identifying is like I it's not just that I like winning, I like making them suffer. You know what I mean? Like that's like a little bit of a different aspect for yeah. it that I don't think is is what everyone necessarily internalizes. Ego had a smile in this one that is scary. Like I, I I've I've seen it in this show and in other anime too, but like there's something about the like thin smile that goes like all the way up to basically like under the eyes. Mm-hmm. It always is like nasty to me. It's like that internet, um, what's it, Momo? Sure. It's like that kind of, but it's like it's just a little too much for me. A little Jack Skellington esque. But, but I love Jack. Jack's great. We all love Jack, <laughs> but I'm just, just in terms of how the. Yes, what, how, how it how curls upward. Yeah, Almost Grinch like. Very Grinch like. Yeah, I hate that Grinch. Well, it's a mean one. You don't want to know what he did to Christmas. So they have two goals, gives them two points, they get two steaks, and they're all sharing their meals and sharing these celebratory steaks in the dining hall. Uh, Isagi is just like, you know, they're, they're just like, how did you do that? And he's just basically like, he's, it's instinct. He can smell goals. He knows what they're going to, they're going to be. So he's going to go to sleep. Yeah. And he can't sleep and then he sees chigiri also can't sleep um and uh, they're basically uh watching the goal they're watching the footage uh chigiri is kind of the eccentric uh red-haired dude long-haired dude uh who doesn't seem to talk much and is kind of cagey um but they're basically like you know just talking through just just having a little bit of a uh what's the term debriefing about the game yeah and how they sort of like feel about you know what 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 they've learned from the experience and isagi just basically seems to have some sort of you know extrasensory perception to be able to understand everything that's happening on the field at once which is you know there are players in sports kind of like that yes There's the you know Nikola Jokic in for the Denver Nuggets in the NBA it like you watch him play and you see commentators or former players even who talk about him. It's just like, he'll make the pass to a player that is just like, I don't understand how he saw them. Mm -hmm. And if you look at their, like what their field of vision was seeing and where they were looking previously, he, there's no way he could be, he could see that player at that spot at that time. But because he understands, you know, the way the play is set up and he understands where everyone's going to be positioned on the court, he understands how the defense might react. He has this extremely, this, this extensive knowledge and insight. And then also just instincts where he's like, if I put the ball there, someone will be there to catch it. And it's like, like, it's kind of seems like Isagi is that kind of guy. He's that, that kind of like, okay, I can just sort of anticipate everything that's going to happen or just have a sense of everything that's going to happen. And as such, that gives me an an advantage over someone who's just operating on sight and sound alone. Yeah. There's a, there's a sequence or there's like a moment in this explanation when Mm -hmm. when Chigiri is explaining uh, to Isagi about, um, how Isagi perceives like the, the field. Where Isagi is like a big, like floating, like white figure, mm-hmm. and that to me reminded uh, re- reminded me of End of Evangelion. One hundred percent, yeah. That's like it's and, and it's a really cool visual way of conveying that. Um, Chigiri also like says that he has an ACL tear that he's recovering from, and um, that perhaps explains some of his tentativeness on the field. So we check in with. Uh, 
Terry, who is the uh, one of the characters, the the female character who set up basically this is what the uh, how Japan is going to win a World Cup and empower and ultimately leads to empowering Ego and saying, uh, you know, the then leading the Blue Lock Initiative. So, uh, Ego is like a piece of shit. <laughs> And that's a big part of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he's just like he's like a you know again he's like kind of one of these dweebs who have taken over sports the these analytics dorks um, and who have really figured out how to min max professional sports often to the frustration of players and fans uh, because you know they'll they have these counterintuitive ways of of just maximizing efficiency. And he's just like refusing to do any chores. He's like the contract only says I have to do things that are about soccer or football. And so if anyone else could do something, uh, they're doing it. And then also he only eats uh, like box noodles. And apparently we, we reveal that he's an ex player here. Yeah. But he just is like eating like, you know, but like he couldn't eat this stuff when he was playing. And now he can just eat garbage. So that's all he eats. He just eats like noodles with hot sauce and mayonnaise, which looks pretty gross, gross, but also good. No, it's I'm sure it's good. Yeah, I'm sure it's good as hell. There's no way Dead it's bad. Sure. There's, no There's no way it's way. not. It's no way it's not good. I I I don't like how wet the noodles looked. See, that's they what was working super for wet. me. Wet. <laughs> <laughs> I could do without um, the mail. I guess. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I'll I'll take. Well, that I mail. know I'll you will. Take the mail. Like Winnie the Pooh over here with a fucking jar of mayo. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so everyone's ranks have been adjusted uh, by Ego, and it ends up being that Isagi is now the top-ranked player on Team Zed, which they find out during a practice. And so they're just trying to, to figure out, like, you know, like, hey, again, it's it, it, we're, we're kind of marking time in some sense that we're all just sort of like, what's everyone's, you know, unique weapon? How do I, How do we improve it? Uh, you know, Messi is an example, the the real world player. By the way, there's an interesting thing here where they depict Lionel Messi, uh, the striker for yeah. Argentina, considered the best player in the world, looks nothing like it. Okay, so this is what and I was going to ask. This yeah. must have been a likeness rights thing, right? Like they were like, we look, let's not even risk having, uh, you know, uh, 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 having litigation here. Let's just have like a completely let's like let's let's show a let let's show a blonde dude with a with a goatee and ha and say that's Lionel Messi. I mean, maybe he had that look at some point, but he looks pretty different. Uh, yeah, I when I was watching this, I was like, I want to look up what he looks like, but I try not to do phone when I'm watching subs. Yes, so I just never got to it, and to this point. To, still don't know what he looks like for real. <laughs> um, I'll share with you with you dudes so you can see him. Oh, cool. Okay, yeah, I guess. Yeah. he's he's blonder. He's, I mean, not not it, just he's yeah. not at all blonde. No, in the he's in the like anime, a, he's, he's a brunette yeah. guy. In the anime, he's like 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 you know, handsome guy, dingy blonde. Yeah. Um. Yes. Uh, okay, so where were we? So, uh, yeah, don't have the likeness rights to Messi. Don't want to risk a lawsuit. That's so funny. Why don't they... I mean, I guess that's, like... If if they put the name, if they give the character a name, it has more resonance to people 
who follow soccer. So then they have it's a point of comparison. They're like, oh, like I know that that person's good. But if you're like a casual, if you don't know any soccer and you're just an anime fan, they could have given that guy any name and been like, he's the best guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I kind of understand. I I both understand it and I don't understand it. Yeah. Like it's just, I, I think it makes some sense to anger it in the real world. Yes, but it's it's you know it's the equivalent of this was a this was a basketball anime and they were like you know like you're like Michael Jordan like you can you can you know play great defense and you can score from anywhere and then they showed a a drawing of Michael Jordan but he had like a mustache and dreadlocks you're like that's, yeah, that's wait no this yeah. is that's not what the guy looks like. Uh, they have a bath at the end of training. Asagi is like trying to figure out how does he how do I polish this weapon because it's so abstract. And basically, what he realizes is like my technique. The only thing I can do, the thing I can do for myself, is I need to not be fatigued. I need to not get exhausted. Mm-hmm. I need to just like you know be in incredible shape, incredible condition, so that where whenever my instinct kicks in, I'll have enough energy to swoop in and do what I did at the game with T-Max. Um, and then basically what they've kind of just done is that that the team has kind of been invigorated by Isagi's outstanding play and moving to the head of the field of Team Zed. And uh, Ego's basically like, look, you get fired up when someone's rank lower than you leapfrogs you. And that's uh, that's just how it works. And so basically that's it. You know, this is kind of a reset. The team's in a new state now, and Isagi has been established as a leader as we go to credits. That's basically the episode, right? Did I miss anything? No, that's yeah, that's spot on. Uh I'm you know, this next one is 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 great too, but I, I loved this as a like a, a way into the next into the next uh like part of this game. Um Isagi is uh such an interesting character. I like him a lot. Yeah. I think he's, I think he, you know, is just, it's just an interesting way of depe- depicting someone who's so competitive and so driven. Yeah. Uh, and just like him identifying the joy of others' failure is just like, I don't know. I, I don't feel like in sports, anything, in sport, any sort of sports fiction, you ever really deal with that aspect of it. It's almost always like the, like, you know, the, the heroic, there's a more heroic, noble humility from the protagonist. Yeah, because it is always like there are like only like a couple of types of like sports stories, right? There's like the we're all in this together, sort of like Mighty Ducks like type uh, yes. of st- a sports story, or there's like a loose cannon player who has to learn how to be a part of a team. It's never um, I'm a team player and I like. <laughs> causing misfortune to the other player it's never that yeah it's it's ne- it's almost never like hey i'm too much of a team player i need to learn how to look out for myself yeah which is basically the whole message of this series of just like hey the the idea of like if you want to truly exceed you have to be selfish and arrogant it's a little additional time where they're just like looking at each other's toothbrushes and stuff it's cute <laughs> um heather any other thoughts on this episode i just i there was a thing where I watched wrestling for a short time. Oh yeah. Right. And somebody was like, or maybe I was like, wrestling is anime. It's, it's just Mm -hmm. booking hooks in each episode. And this episode books it, it. It's like, 
here's an, uh, an obstacle you can't overcome. And here's the way it's overcome. And then, like, that's the shock, right? And I yes. think that episode six has the same, like, shock booking. Uh, yeah, well, let's get into it. Episode six is I'm Sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. 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 <laughs> so they're fading, they're facing Team W here. And Team W has the Wanima twins. So they're both teams with one loss. Um, but W beat Barrow's team, uh, who's team Zed lost to. And so they're basically like, like well, fuck. They, they they beat the team that beat us. And they beat him convincingly. Um, and uh, we're dealing with these two twins, Keosiki and uh, Junichi Wanima. And they are good at the two of them teaming up. Like, that's basically that what they do. Uh, four goals between them in the match with the team that Baro is on. And so they're basically like, look, this is our strategy. We need to split the brothers. Meanwhile, Kuon, uh, who is kind of like the, the, the uh, essentially the coach of the player coach of the team, um, has like not been around for a while, and they're like, hmm, well, he's usually here when we're strategizing. What's going on? Uh, he comes out of the bathroom, and he's just like, ah, I was just in the bathroom for a long time. Um, I get it. Uh, and then he basically has here's a new strategy: Southern All Stars. I like the running gag of Kuon comes up with stupid names for uh, his plans, and everyone's like, this sucks. But like, the, that... this is what you came up with in the bathroom. This is stupid. I guess. I'm something of a Kuon myself because mm-hmm. when he said Southern All Stars, I was like, "Oh, cool name!" <laughs> <laughs> and they're all like, "That's dumb." <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah, it's stupid." I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what he's talking about. So basically, they have a front three. They're going to keep switching every thirty minutes, or they're going to switch three times every thirty minutes. So like basically ten minute intervals, and they're going to keep switching up who their front three is instead of switching up their one. Uh, you know, key strike. Yeah. All right. So there, this is another one where the episode is largely a match and it's between team W with the twins, the twins and team Z. <laughs> Isagi and Chigiri, Chigiri, who we've learned has the torn ACL are, or is recovering from a torn ACL. This is another thing. And I really like how this is depicted in this again, just as a sports thing. Very common, like not commonly, but what, you know, like, like if a player has a, a career endangering injury and comes back from it, Mm -hmm. a big issue they deal with is fear of re-injury and it makes them tentative as they're playing. Oh yeah. And so like, you know, if if it's a player who used to be really aggressive, I'm my, my point of reference is always basketball, but like, let's say it's a player who's like their, their skill was really aggressively getting to the basket uh, and being able to like dunk or lay it up. If they got an injury from a play like that, all of a sudden they find themselves doing that less and they're getting away from what they're good at because they're afraid of re-injury. And that definitely kind of feels like how, what what's informing Chigiri's psychology is just like, he's just like, ah, fuck, I, you know, there's only so much he can do. And, you know, obviously they're taunting him about it later. Um, and yeah, he's even just like, like, is my is my leg gonna fuck up? They call him the uh, the glass player, which is just you know the, a tough taunt to deal with. As a as a human who's torn both meniscus in both knees mm-hmm. and had multiple knee surgeries, 
I really, really relate to every time I throw a hook, I'm like, is that it? Was that the moment? Yeah. Could that have been it? Am I done? Can I never box again? It's tough. Tough stuff. So basically, there's a lot of back and forth here on the field. The Wanima brothers are teaming up. Uh, we got Kunigami getting in the mix. Uh, Kunigami kind of a sweetie. Uh, you know, they're all just sort of like, all the players are just kind of doing their roles and getting through here. But what they're running into is... Kuon is able to get three goals. And they're like, well, fuck, he has a hat trick. And, and we're up 3-0. We're sitting pretty. And they're just basically like, Kuon, you're on fire. Uh, Raichi, who's kind of the asshole guy, it was very funny, is basically like, he's like, I, I'm going to get three more. I'll be 6-0. 6-0, uh, I guess, in soccer parlance. And um, they're just, and they start to get on board with uh, Operation Southern also. I was just like, we're winning. And then... We have the betrayal in the second half because they're kind of going through and all of a sudden the hat trick that Kuon has scored couldn't believe uh, starts this. to be chipped away at. Couldn't, yeah, I know. Couldn't I couldn't believe this. And uh, and this is another thing that I think this, the series does really well is just like there's nothing in, in the way Kuon has been characterized so far that indicates that he would be the one who does this. There are other players on the team who seem a lot more self-interested, and Kuon has seemed, like, uniquely suited towards coordinating the team at large. But then you sort of realize, like, oh, okay, that because he has that skill, because he's able to get everyone on board with his plan, he is the one who is able to put this into action, his completely selfish act, which is that he has betrayed the team, and he is now going to be playing, it's like, it's instead of 11 on 11, it's 12 12 10 i'm gonna basically play for the other team uh and they're just gonna try to pour in goals in order for um team zed to be dispatched mm -hmm. so yeah kuon has missed a goal on purpose um and uh he isagi is the one who's like you are you betraying me and the one i mean my brothers i mean they're just fucking, they just got fucking psycho so, faces. It's so crazy. Like They look like goblins. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, ah, you got it. You figured it out. So there you go. They know everything the team's going to do. They know all their strategies. Kuon, when he said he was struggling in the bathroom, he'd actually gone over to Team W. And he'd proposed the plan. It came from Kuon. Yeah, it did yeah. not come from the other team being like, hey, man, you want to get in on this? I was like, was, oh, the show yes, has just yes. elevated. I, yeah. I'm like, how do you, how can you possibly get around somebody on your own team being like, yeah, but if you get enough goals, you get to go on and I'm going to fuck over my team to guarantee it by making a deal with the other. It's so fucking good. It's great. And then there's also the 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 like the way things are kind of revealed throughout this where they're just sort of like wait how were they able to do that how do they know we were going to oh. do that how could they they how did they identify our weapons how were they able to be a, a, a you know and to be ahead of our plan love it all tracks um so yeah he's playing for uh, Kuan's playing for Team W now he's completely betrayed them um a photo has been shared of the two twins over Kuan's shoulder. And yeah, it's just, it is, it is like horror manga. Uh, anyway. So 
Isagi's like, hey, Kuon, why did you do this? And Isagi's like, well, look, the goal made, the goal you scored, you did this, basically. The goal you scored in the last game made me think that, like, well, look, we're going to have a hard time beating Team V uh, because Team V beat Team Y 8-0, and we barely beat Team, we, like, we Team Y was, was fucking tough for us. And so... I was just like, you know what? My only way I could advance is by getting in the, enough goals myself. The team's not going to advance. And the best way I could do that is by making a, a deal with the other team where I will score three goals. Uh, they will just let me score three goals, but then I will help them win the game so that both of our interests are advanced. Ruthless. Really, really nasty shit. Excellent. It's great. And then Team W scores another goal. And uh, that's basically where this episode ends, right? That's right, yeah. So we're gonna let the we're gonna pick this up. Uh, Soggy's like, I won't let this end this way, and we're gonna find out if that happens in episode seven. Nice additional time here. I like this one. Team Bread versus Team Rice, and they're basically discussing: Do you want bread or rice with breakfast? I guess I end up landing on Team Bread, but you know, hey, rice with breakfast is nothing to sneeze at. Delicious. It's great. Oh. Oh. All day rice. Yeah. I don't mind a rice. No, me neither. A fried rice? Oh, yeah, give me that rice. Fried rice is that's too much. That's good. That's a good Th food. That's like one of the best ones. That's that's incredible food. I made onigiri uh Ooh. last week. It's fun. With a uh, spicy salmon uh mm. that uh was ground up with uh kewpie mayo, some sriracha, some soy sauce, a little bit of uh nori. Mix that all together, like a almost like a tuna fish salad, but with salmon. And I make my rice balls in my little triangle rice ball maker. It makes a little hole where you put the uh, you put the meat, stuff that in there, seal it up with a rice paper or a, a, a seaweed paper, and eat it like a little sandwich. Oh boy, that's Some nice. Wow, food right there. That's really nice. Nelly make an omu rice for uh, for dinner sometimes. It's a nice uh, nice oh, dish. Yeah. I don't know if omu rice is ever a is a breakfast in Japan. Maybe it is. I don't know. I'll be but, um, I'll be going to Japan shortly after this wow. episode airs. How exciting! Reconnecting with all with my my Japanese garbage store roots. <laughs> Are you gonna go uh, visit the Blue Lock facility? Yeah, that's why I'm going. Yeah, oh, that's cool. Heather's they were like, freaking "Can win. you orchestrate some uh, challenges?" And I was like, "I'm on it." <laughs> <laughs> you have to choose one member of your team who uh, who can who will foul out. You you as a team. This is my challenge. Here's let's. This is a make up your own blue lock challenge challenge. Here's my pitch, and then okay. you guys do one. You have to, as a team, decide which member of your team is going to be eliminated. So you all have to agree on one person's going to get kicked off. That person gets eliminated by a foul. Mm. They are allowed to do anything as that foul. So they they basically like, look, this is my last. That I'm whatever. Whenever I foul somebody, whenever I get a red card, I'm out yeah. for good. Yeah, and that will happen this game. If time lapses, I will be eliminated. So I got to make the most of it. Yeah, that's good. That's great. So that's twisted. So you Sick could like shit. go up and like 
break the leg of a, a star striker on the other team. Yeah. Or on your own team. If you're like, fuck that guy. Yeah, yeah. I got one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Apodaca's got one. He loves the, Survivor. I Yes. And this is why I was thinking of it. I was like, what would you have to do in Survivor? What you have, so it's a twist on that, but a, it's a blue lock twist. Mm. Every player on the field, all 11 of them, on both sides, have to balance a ball on their foot. And then they also can try... They can try to knock the other player's ball off, but they have to keep their ball balanced. If their ball falls, they're out. They're eliminated. And then the more wow. the team with the most balanced balls wins. But you can do whatever you want to try to get the other team to drop their balls. But you got to keep yours balanced. And that's how you do it on Survivor. Wow. Uh, I got one. No kicking. No kicking. You got to just use your head or chest. Whatever you got. No kicking. And you know, hey, that maybe seems like, okay, we could stay a little bit, keep it a little bit manageable. Hey, that ball gets gets on the ground, get on the grass. What are you going to do? Yeah. How are you going to manage that? I got I got another one too uh-huh so you take the ball right mm-hmm. and you sort of it's round right mm. you sort of smush it a little bit so that it becomes sort of like an oval shape sure okay. and then it hands only and then it becomes football instead wow i thought you were going to like we're going to be playing ultimate frisbee which also works yeah it's gonna be it's, it's gonna become ultimate smush. Did you know, I learned this from Persona, Persona 5, the reason, do you, do you know the reason the soccer ball is white and black? No. No. It's for television. Wow. It used to be white. Wow. And when they started televising soccer matches, uh, the ball, people couldn't pick out the ball on the field. And then by giving it, you know, like by making it, having it a black and white tessellated pattern, uh, they were able to, you know, it it it, it, dry, it draws your eye more, and it you know in those old school fucking SDTVs, it was easier to identify. That is interesting. Yeah, it's fascinating, right? Because yeah. you look at a soccer ball, it's like, oh, I'm sure that's always been like that. I was like, no, it's fucking TV that did it. And the things you learn from Persona Five Royal, I learned a lot. <laughs> All right, well, that'll do it for episodes five and six, but how about a little additional time talking about episodes three and four? It's time for Chain Reactions, Blue Talk. Let's hear what you had to say. These are all from our Patreon, so uh, if you're a subscriber, thank you for uh, subscribing and and sending these questions. Really appreciate it. This one's from Zwiz Productions, and they write, Hey, I've been really enjoying the show and a nice change of pace from the animes I do watch. At first, I didn't think... I would be interested, but after each episode, I was like, okay, this is good. From these episodes, definitely really, from these episodes, definitely really liking some of the characters from Z, and once they start going, it's really going to suck. LOL. I'm going to miss some of these guys when they start getting eliminated. I'll tell you what. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's just the this, this structure of this format. You just know some of these, these uh, most of these fuckers are goners. I, that kind of mirrors my 
reactions to this series of just like kind of going in with a little bit of trepidation, trusting Heather's taste, which is generally impeccable. Um, and then uh, once we get into it, being like, oh, OK, I see what's going on here. I imagine a final episode where our our all our best friends have to like fucking play soccer against one another. Oh, and like everybody knows everybody's dreams. And mm. it's like a. It's like each it, like you split. I don't know how it's going to work, but like it, it's going to have to come down to one person. It's going to be brutal. It's going to be brutal. Absolutely. Just fucking destroying people. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen this many dreams ruined since Freddy Krueger. Matt, let's get the next comment. <laughs> you know what? Don't ever read anything ever again after that. Yeah. <laughs> just, just let... The okay. rest of our show be silence for all episodes. <laughs> it's, it, I do want to point out, it sounds like you're mad at me, but Nick said it. And I just, I had nothing to do with it. I just liked it. <laughs> um, okay, this one's from, uh, and sorry if I butcher your name here, Nahuel Sachetti. Uh, and they write, I started watching it today because you guys mentioned it and it it talks about football, my favorite sport. And I'm from Argentina too, so I was expecting them to mention Messi, which happens right away in the first episode. It's interesting that there's a Japanese player that actually studied the game and sports science to be better, currently playing in England. His name is Kaoru Mitoma. I thought about him while watching uh, the first episode as well. Kaoru Mitoma, Japanese footballer. Yeah. He's a real guy. Real guy. Thank you for listening uh, down in Argentina. Yeah, thank you. I know. Hey, if you're from somewhere that's not in the U.S., let us know. Hashtag, I'm from somewhere better. Haro <laughs> 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 um, Matoma, pretty hunky. Good looking guy. I think that just kind of comes with, the soccer, with, with being a soccer player. Yeah, I guess yeah. you have to be in amazing a physical condition to be able to run that hard and that long. I feel like every single soccer player I've ever seen is like hot as shit. It's yeah. crazy. Like even the guys they got on Ted Lasso, like that are not truly real soccer players. Some of them are like, Jesus Christ. Mm. Sucks. Could be me if I just played soccer. Um, pretty <laughs> easy, actually. This one's from Blair and Smith. Damn, this show rules. It gets better with every episode. I don't have the restraint to only watch two episodes per week, and I'm currently 12 episodes in. I'm curious how they'll be. I'm curious how they'll prolong the premise over multiple seasons, assuming we get multiple seasons. But I'm going to trust that this show will continue to rule. I'm curious. That's a great. It's a great mm -hmm. thought, and I'm curious where the manga is right now. I mean, like how much further ahead it is chapter wise uh, than the anime. Because I think the manga's been going for since 2018. Okay, I don't mm -hmm. know if it's still ongoing. I get, I should, uh, I should look into that. But what if you get to the end and they're yeah, like, still going. "Congratulations, you're the best striker in Japan." But now we are going to put your family on a chopping block, and you have to start being better than everybody in the world. And for every game you lose, we're going to kill some member of your family. I think that's good. I think that's maybe a little grim tonally from 
like, and it's certainly a heightening <laughs> of what we've established. But I, I, I'm scared. I'm yeah, white girl. I don't want yeah, people scared. to die. Yeah, yeah, I don't want that to happen. Hold on, Nick. Can you um hold on? Can I just stop the show for a second, mm-hmm. Nick? Yeah, um, ahead. could you check the settings on your microphone and make sure to not switch to being a big baby? <laughs> Well, let me just get some levels here. Wah, wah, <laughs> oh, no, my not... diaper is full. <laughs> he's 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 on baby mode. <laughs> you guys, you, you, Nick was sucking his thumb. You couldn't see it, and uh, I'm glad that's where he stopped. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, this next one's from Jace Beasley. Hi, Heather and Matt, and also Nick. Hey, that's what they said. The I, fuck? I, nice. I, I know. Yeah. Nice. Out of nowhere, a snipe. Love it. Uh, I'm new to anime. Oh, I started. <laughs> I'm new to anime. I started watching because you guys forced me to. Uh... <laughs> Coming to Blue Lock shortly after Chainsaw Man is kind of a shock. The pacing of Chainsaw Man was frenetic, perhaps psychotic, but I loved it. It seems like Blue Lock is going to take its time and drip out story slowly. Do you guys have a preference when it comes to pacing? Does your opinion change based on the themes slash stated goals of the story itself? Probably a better question for Heather because you've seen more anime. I only want one thing from anime, and it's that somebody does something after saying, I have to do this. <laughs> like, that's all I want. Like, I just want, like, I want the moment where Shinji pulls out his knife and slides down the side of a hill to stab an angel while scream crying in front of his best friends. I want... Denji to walk to the edge of the hotel that's tilted and be like, well, if I'm going to die, I'm going to cause as much pain as possible and leap off the thing. Like, that's all I want. And I feel like with the structure of Blue Lock or Naruto or any of these shonen series, you just get that drip of that moment over and over and over again. And it never fucking gets old to me. Music kicks in, protagonist is like, I have to do this in whatever language they use. Even in Death Note, when the protagonist is a bad guy, you know, he's like, I know what I have to do. I'm going to write down the name. (laughs) (laughs) That is that is good. I don't know if I have like a. Like a, a a preference so far because like of the shows we've watched, Evangelion, uh, Licorice Recoil, Chainsaw Man, and Blue Lock, all those shows are like so different from each other. Tonally, uh, the way the story like is expressed and like the, all the characters are all so different. Um, I think all of them have had an, a reference <laughs> to Evangelion uh, in some way or another, uh, but. Other than that, they don't really share a common tissue. So I'm just along for the ride, you know? I'm just interested in um, a good story. Licorice didn't have a lot of those moments that I like, mm-hmm. which is part of why I was frustrated by the show, is that like I wanted somebody to be like, I have to kill. I have to do it. And instead, everybody was kind of like smooth. The whole show just kind of like, no? Oh. yeah. I I loved Leakerous Recoil. I know uh, you did, dude. I know you did. They're friends. That's the thing. It's just they're friends and they they love each other. I liked it too. Sato and Takina. They they just love each other. It's sweet. And they have and they have weapons too. That's cool. To, the, to, back to the pacing question. 
I've seen enough anime and I've seen enough of media in general of fiction, experience of fiction where I just, I like, give me that, give me that frenetic pace. Give me that fucking, let's have things happen. Let's have lots of stuff happen. Uh, I, that said, I can enjoy something that's, that's more tonal and, and languorous. Uh, but, but man, I fucking love when something just, just kind of zips along. It's like, like a 22 minute sitcom. That just is like, hey, man, there's no fat on this at all. There's just punchlines are setting up punchlines, and there's a, a a plot move in every scene. I love that sort of shit, and and that's one thing I did love uh, about Chainsaw Man in particular. But that's it. I, I like this, too. This is fucking good. Hell yeah. I don't know, just to be asked for preference. Yeah, give more, yeah, more action. Accelerate uh, everything. And uh, finally, this one's from Zachary Bourne on our Patreon. Mm. And I'm just reading what it says here. Matt is a very handsome and special guy. Hello, all. I've been really enjoying the striker with the dribbling weapon, both in their animation and how the character is. The question is mostly directed at Heather, but I want the guy, I guess I want the boys' opinions too. Do you often find yourself having a favorite character in the anime that you watch, and do you gravitate to a character type, or could it be anyone? Edge. Wow. A little something for everybody there. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> um. I mean, I'm a real sucker for a protagonist, and mm-hmm. I will say that the the worse the protagonist is at the beginning, the more invested I am in their journey. Like, one of Naruto's earliest episodes is about him getting diarrhea, and for him to go from <laughs> that to Hokage and, like, master of, of death is... That's my favorite kind of character. But I also really like characters who can't get broken, like emotionally. Mm-hmm. Like when everything, when the odds are stacked against them and there's absolutely no way they're going to win, but they're like, I'm going to I'm gonna do it anyway, even if they don't. I love that trope. I love the, the person who can't be broken. That's great. Those are my two. I think I'm still on uh, act one of that Naruto arc. It's kind of been paused there for a while. (laughs) (laughs) I think I was going to say the. I like characters that are a lot like me or the complete opposite of me. And that's like why, like, I I just like I really glom on to a character like power because I was just like, that's not me. I don't act like power, but that's good. But she's fucking uh, extremely funny and (laughs) uh, and abrasive and, you know, just just complete you know dog brain selfishness uh i really like i like ray because i feel like oh i can kind of relate to ray i understand someone who's emotionally disengaged and doesn't quite know how to process what's happening around them um but i also like asuka because like asuka is like brash and confident and that's so that's very much not me so yeah i think those the, the 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 poles the two poles like weiger or very unlike weiger mm-hmm um, for me, I don't know if I often am like, I don't watch a lot of shows. I watch a lot of TV, but I don't watch a lot of like shows where I'm like, this guy's just like me for real. Like, I don't, I don't really like, uh, mm. see myself like in a lot of the characters or I, you know, maybe I do in some way and I'm not thinking about it in those terms. Uh, but I'm not usually watching TV and being like, that's classic me right there. Me doing exactly what they're doing. Um, but I always, I always, you know, I think I do 
similarly to Heather, uh, like the protagonist in the same way that I'll like pick Mario and Mario Kart. Sure. Or something. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I'm like, he's the guy. Uh, and, and, and that's all of our uh, chain reactions, blue talk. Uh, send them in next week for episodes five and six, and we'll read them on the show. That's right. We'll get your reactions to the episodes we just covered, To Be Born, and I'm sorry. And everyone out there, I'm sorry, because you just got oh. animated. Oh! Wow! Oh! You did it. Let's go! Yeah.